Hi, this is Pastor Mike from Compass in Monterey County. Thank you for tuning in to my podcast. I hope it encourages you and gives you confidence that Jesus is by your side and that his plans for you are to bless you. The clerk said, don't buy that parrot because it's got a foul mouth. The woman said, that's no problem. I can teach it to be good. She bought the parrot and took it home and set it on its perch. And sure enough, the next morning when she came in the kitchen for breakfast, the parrot cussed her out. And she said to the parrot, I don't allow that kind of talk in my word, in, in my home. No cussing in my home, do you understand? She turned her back to walk away, and the parrot cussed her out with such foul language like you can hardly imagine. She turned around, grabbed that parrot by the neck, and threw it into the freezer. About two hours later, she opens the door to the freezer, takes the parrot out, and sets it on its perch and says, now do you understand, I don't allow any dirty words in my house. Do you have any questions? The parrot's shaking on its perch, because it's so cold. And it says, just one. What did that chicken in there say you don't like? (laughs) There is some pain that we have in our life because we bring it on ourselves. We deserve it. But there's a lot of pain in our life we don't deserve, do we? We didn't bring it on ourselves. Surely there are people here this morning who have pain in their life that you didn't deserve. Let me give you some facts about pain. The first fact you need to keep in mind is that no one has a pain-free life because earth is not heaven. We do not live in a perfect world. If we did, women would get to the point, spare us the details. Thank you, men. Women would order their own dessert in a restaurant and not mooch off ours. (laughs) Women would only take one suitcase on vacation and would not have 377 things on their bathroom sink counter, most of whom their husband cannot identify. And they would only have three pairs of shoes, just like we do. I think I'm in trouble. Okay, send your complaints. I don't care. I've got a complaint box just for you. (laughs) I read a horrible story, true story, about this helicopter that saved 11 people from a flood. You know, they were on the rooftops and all of that. And here, you got to get the picture. Here's this helicopter with a rope dangling underneath it and 11 people are holding onto this rope and they figured out that this, the total weight of them all was going to snap that rope if they didn't do something quick. One of them was going to have to let go so the other 10 could survive, but who was going to sacrifice themselves? Finally, the woman spoke up and 
She said, women are used to sacrificing for other people, so I'll sacrifice myself for you. I'll let go of the rope. And immediately, the other 10 men began to clap. <laughs> people take advantage of us. People mistreat us. They abuse us. They use us. They hurt us. They trick us. That's just life on planet Earth. People do those sort of things. And that's why no one gets life just the way they want it. Everyone takes hits in this life. Beethoven was at the height of his creativity when he went deaf. But he still wrote the magnificent Ninth Symphony. And Milton, the great poet, went blind but he still wrote Paradise Lost. And Bill Cosby's son was murdered and Christopher Reeve fell off a horse and never walked again. No one is immune to pain. No matter how rich they are, no matter how famous, no matter how smart they are. So don't think if you've got pain in your life that you're being picked on. Because there's pain all over this auditorium this morning. I actually came across a Hall of Fame of Hurts. There's a list of them. Here it is. Death of a loved one, divorce, tragic accident, disease, rape, financial loss, rejection, public humiliation or shame, abuse, infertility, your children in trouble, marriage disappointment, you fill in your blank. What kind of pain do you have that's not on that list? We all got pain. Susie and I have had our share of hurts in life, and without doubt the hardest was our son John developing paranoia schizophrenia and then watching him descend into this living hell for 10 years, 10 years of agony for all of us, and then he hung himself because it was the only way he could silence the voices. His pain is over. Ours is not. I don't know if we'll ever get over that because life will never be the same. But I tell you this, no one is exempt from pain in this life, not even committed Christians. I have found that every hurt has a different lifespan, haven't you? You're refused admission into a university. It hurts, but it's a short hurt. Your husband commits adultery or your wife. That's a hurt with a longer lifespan. Someone you love very much, a brother or sister or your spouse dies. That's a hurt that might last your rest of your life. Terry Bradshaw talks about his hurts in spite of all his accomplishments. In his biography, he writes this, after leading the Steelers to victory in four Super Bowls, being named most valuable player in two of them, I was booed off the field my last game in Pittsburgh. 
The whole stadium booed me. Did they think I was trying to throw interceptions? Booing Terry Bradshaw became a favorite sport in Pittsburgh. They booed me at stoplights. They booed me when I walked down the street. They even booed my mother. I guarantee you that everyone here this morning is carrying some hurts. They're still not over. I have, uh, in my second uh, understanding or learning about pain, is that pain is the price we pay for human freedom. It's the price we pay. Let me say it this way. Life is a toll road. Periodically, you have to pay a price. That's just the way it is. Because earth is not heaven. Heaven is the only perfect place where there is no pain. And earth is not heaven. So periodically, you got to pay a price for passing through this life. Not dying young has a price, doesn't it? It's growing old. And parts of your body stop working. And you start going to a lot of funerals of friends you have outlived. That's the price of not dying young. Heartache is the price sometimes you pay for falling in love. And if you become a parent, there's probably going to be a price for that. There's going to be worry. There may even be some disappointments. And some of you have paid the price of rejection. Life is a toll road. And you have to pay a price for passing through life in this world. And there's a price to pay for human freedom. You know, you wouldn't want it any other way than to be free. God has chosen to make you and me free to make choices between alternatives. Aren't you glad you're not an insect? Aren't you glad you're not a robot? That you can make choices, this glorious gift of human freedom. But there's a price to pay for that human freedom. And the price is that sometimes you go crazy and make bad choices that bring pain upon yourself. Human being is the only part of God's creation that will eat themselves to death, drink themselves to death, and work themselves to death. No animal would do that. Giraffes don't do that. Only people do that. The price of human freedom. And the other price of human freedom is the people around you've got human freedom, and that means they can make choices that hurt you. It makes good possible, but it also makes evil possible. Human freedom makes love possible because to say I love you makes no sense whatsoever unless you're free to say I hate you or I don't love you. It makes lying and betrayal and adultery possible. It makes generosity possible, but it also makes selfishness possible. There's a price for human freedom. You can't have it both ways. You see, God faced a dilemma. If he gave us the gift of freedom, then he could not create a world without pain. Because you're in it. And I'm in it. 
Nonsense is still nonsense when it's spoken about God. You can't have it both ways. If people are free to make choices, they can choose to be kind. But they can also choose to be cruel. They can choose to be encouraging or judgmental. They can choose to be fair, but they can also choose to be unfair. That's the price for human freedom. People ask, why does God allow bad things to happen? Well, what's the alternative? I'll tell you what it is. To either make us all insects or to exterminate us all. You can't have it both ways. There's a price for human freedom. And the third fact about pain is that sometimes pain is the only way we come to our senses, isn't it? Do you remember Jesus' story about the prodigal son who takes his inheritance and he goes off into the far country and he squanders it in crazy living and he ends up in a pig pen feeding pigs. The pigs are eating better than he is. And Jesus inserts this marvelous line into the story. Jesus says in Luke 15, verse 17, he came to his senses. He came to his senses. Where? In the pig pen. It took a pig pen to wake him up. And a lot of times in our lives, it takes a pig pen to wake us up to where our behavior has led. Sometimes you see pain is a form of grace. It's a gift. Because it wakes us up so we don't keep going down the same road of behavior and thinking that's just going to bring worse things upon us. It's a form of grace. C.S. Lewis put it this way. God whispers in our pleasures, but he shouts in our pain. Pain is God's megaphone. And if he's got to use it, he will. And that's why I tell you, a parent that protects his children from all consequences and all pain of their choices in life is doing them a disservice. Because you're interfering with the work of God. We think we're loving our children when we rescue them from pain, but you're actually interfering with the work of God. Because sometimes it's only in the pig pen that we come to our senses and worse things don't happen to us later. Proverbs chapter 20, verse 30 says, Sometimes it takes pain to make us change. Is that true? I heard a story about a guy who went to a psychiatrist. He said, Doc, I got a problem, I think. And the psychiatrist said, Well, I'm going to show you some pictures. You tell me what you see, and I'll diagnose what your problem is. So the psychiatrist showed the guy a picture of a square. 
And the guy said, that's an apartment window and I see a, a, a man and a woman in there making love. The psychiatrist showed him a circle and the guy said, well, I see a beautiful beach with a beach umbrella on, on, on it and underneath it, a man and woman are making love. The psychiatrist showed him a triangle and the guy said, I see a teepee and inside of it, I see a man and woman making love. Psychiatrist said, we don't have to go any further. I know what your problem is. You're obsessed with sex. The guy said, me, you're the one with all the dirty pictures. <laughs> it's hard for us to admit we've got problems. Hard for us to admit that we've got faults. Who, me? I'm not the one with the problem. It's everyone else. And that's what's keeping us from being healed. The fourth fact about pain is that God never wants to waste a hurt. I don't know everything there is to know about God, I tell you. But I know this for sure. God never wants to waste any of your pain. He wants to take every bit of your pain and turn it into something good. One of the greatest promises in the Word of God that you need to soak your mind in if you've got pain in your life is Romans 8, verse 28. We know that God causes all things to work together for, those, for the good of those who love God. For the good of those who love God. That verse does not say that God causes everything that happens. There are people who say that verse says that, but it does not say that. Don't blame God for the bad things that happen in your life. Because it's people making choices that are causing most of the pain in people's lives. And don't blame their sin on God. And notice that that verse does not say that everything will eventually work out the way we want it to. Can we put that verse back on the screen here? Do we have it on the screen? Yeah. That verse does not say everything's going to eventually work out the way we want it to. There are a lot of unhappy endings on earth because earth is not heaven. Romans 8 verse 28 says, we know. It's teaching us we're not fantasizing. This is not some hope we have, not some dream. This is something we know for a fact. What do we know for a fact? We know that God causes all things. Now, a lot of people say, well, see, there it is. Everything that happens, God causes it to happen. That's because they don't read the rest of the verse. There is sin. Are you going to tell me God causes us to sin and then judges us for what he caused us to do? God does not cause our sin. That's our choice. He does not cause all things that happen. He doesn't cause us to be selfish or to lose our temper or to break a wife's jaw or to be abusive. The next time you say something hurtful to your wife, try this on her. You know what I learned from the Bible, honey? God causes all things that happen. And he just caused me to say those hurtful things to you. It's God's fault. Not only will she not believe it, but you won't believe it. 
God does not cause all things that happen. He doesn't cause us to sin and to say hurtful things. The verse says, God causes all things, all things. That means there's nothing in your life that's excluded. It's all included. God causes all things to work together for the good of those who love him. It promises he doesn't waste the bad things that happen to you. He doesn't waste the pain. He mixes them like flour and eggs, a cake mix. If you just taste flour alone, it doesn't taste too good. But he takes all the bad things and the good things and he mixes it up and he brings the good out of it for you. But notice, it does not say that everything that happens is good. I hear people say this. A tragedy happens and they say, well, God must have a purpose for that. There's some good God intended that to be. That's nonsense. When a man breaks a woman's jaw, there's no good in that. Now, God can take that and bring good out of it, but he never intended that to be good. And when my son developed paranoia schizophrenia and hung himself, don't tell me that was good. There was nothing good in that. And God never intended that to happen. Mental illness robbed my son of his bright mind, a promising future, the chance to have a family. It robbed Susie and me of our son, Christmas and birthday cards and happy times we would have had. It robbed us of grandchildren that will never be, joys that will never happen. That is not God's plan. I just want to tell you this, to do good things in my life and Susie's life and in this world, God did not need to make my son mentally ill and then hang himself. God is a lot more creative than that. Don't blame the pain in this world upon God. It sounds so spiritual. But it's so demonic. Romans 8.28 doesn't say God causes people to sin or to hang themselves. But sin causes so much pain in this world. And God is doing everything possible to transform us, to put the Holy Spirit in us and change our thinking in our heart, and to give us the Bible to change our thinking. Because all sin begins with a thought. And he wants to change our thinking so we won't be part of the problem of pain in this world. And all of us are part of the problem of pain for somebody. All sin and pain begins with a bent thought, a sick thought. The sovereignty of God does not mean he causes all things to happen because he has some indescribable good purpose behind evil things. No. The sovereignty of God means he's bigger than the messes we make in this life. And he is so big that he can take our messes and bring some good out of it. He redeems. Just like Michelangelo took a piece of marble that was hopelessly flawed and every other sculptor rejected it. 
He took that piece of marble and through his insurpassable skill, transformed it into the David. One of the greatest works of art that you can see in Florence today. When I walked in there, I sat for two hours and could not speak. It was so glorious. That's what God does. He's a Michelangelo. He doesn't flaw the marble. He takes the flawed marble and makes something beautiful out of it. And that's quite different from saying God has a good purpose in that bad thing that just happened. John's death is still painful to us, but I'll tell you this, God has used it for good. He's given Susie and me bigger hearts, and he's driven us deeper into ministry, and it's brought us definitely closer together. And it's definitely made me a better counselor, and it's changed my preaching. Your greatest contribution in life is probably not your strengths. Your greatest contribution is probably the pain you've been through. And now that you've been through it by the power of God, he can use that for you to help others through it. Your greatest contribution could be the ministry you have through the troubles you've been through. Who better to help someone who suffered the loss of a child or a spouse than someone who's been through it or to help a parent in pain than a parent who's been through pain? Or who better to help someone forgive than someone who's struggled to forgive? Or to help a woman who's been beaten up than a woman who's been through a marriage like that? That's why I hope you'll take your experiences of pain and let God turn it into good. By giving you a ministry. You've got a ministry. Your pain has shaped you and equipped you for a ministry. And that's why I hope you'll look at your pain and call Julia about Celebrate Recovery and say, you know, I've been through this. How could I help someone else? And be part of a group helping others. You've got a ministry. And it's your pain that you've been through. You see, God's an opportunist. At the center of Christianity is the cross on which Jesus died to save us. And the picture of the cross you see on the screen is the most gigantic plus sign you've ever seen. God turned the worst the devil could do, all the jealousy and the hate and the envy of the Pharisees, and he turned it into your salvation and mine. The cross is the emblem of how God takes the demonic and the evil in this world and turns it into a plus if you'll let him. Evelyn Glennie was born in Scotland where she began to excel in playing percussion instruments, so much so that she has become a world-famous instrumentalist in some of the best symphonies in this, on this earth. And you know, that's no small thing, because she's deaf. She can't hear a thing. She can't hear the music that she plays. She can't hear the music of the symphony around her. But with the first strike of her kettle drum or the xylophone or whatever she's playing, she plays more than a dozen instruments. She participates in making great music and the mystery is, how does she know when to come in? 
Well, she can lip read the conductor, but the conductor is not always facing her way. No one knows quite sure how she never misses a beat. She cannot hear the music she plays. She cannot even hear the applause of the audience. She is deaf. But she has refused to surrender leadership of her life to her pain. That's a skill everyone must learn. Never refuse, never give pain in your life leadership. Never surrender leadership of your life to your to the bad things that happen or to the hurts of your life. Surely some of you here have surrendered leadership of your life to pain. I'll bet there's some people who carry a lot of anger, a lot of resentment in your life, and you are letting someone live rent-free in your head. I don't care what's happened to you. Never surrender leadership of your life to your pain. And that's the difference Jesus Christ makes. I was in a store a few weeks ago and a mother was having a hard time trying her, tying her little toddler's shoes. Because every time she tried to tie his shoes, he would bat her <laughs> hands away and wiggle and twist because he was going to do it himself and he didn't need any mother's help. And finally the mother said this to him. Why are you making it so hard for people to help you? Boy. That just rang in my mind. I have met a lot of people who have made it so hard for people to help them, for God to help them. And I have to admit, sometimes in my life, I have made it hard for God to help me because I was just going to do it myself or I didn't want to let it go or I didn't want to admit I had a problem. Are you making it hard for God to help you? Pray with me. Well, with all of our heads bowed out of reverence for God, let me ask you, has God been trying to get your attention by the pain in your life? Have you ever thought that the pain in your life could be God trying to get your attention and bring you to your senses? What is that for you? Are you mad at God right now because bad things have happened to you and you haven't even considered that God could bring such good out of it? Anyone here making it hard for God to help you? You keep batting his hands away. The first thing you must do is ask Jesus Christ into your life. Not, I'm not asking if you believe in him. I'm asking you to surrender leadership of your life to him. Come under his authority.
And all you have to do is say, Jesus, I want to surrender my life to you, and I want you to come into my life and transform me. Heal me. Help me. Will you do that? And then for all of the rest of us, what's the pain in your life saying? Lord Jesus, I pray for us that we'll just come to terms with what's happening in our life and put ourselves into our, your hands to, to help us and to heal us. I pray you do that for people all over this auditorium this morning. We pray it in your name, Jesus. Amen. Thanks for tuning in to the podcast of Dr. Mike from Compass Church in Salinas. We hope you're encouraged by his practical Bible-based teaching 